No longer in apartment 125, but it is surely unfiltered. Welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. And boy, do I have a story for you guys today. Was going to do a fantasy football episode last week. I actually recorded it, but I didn't like it. Didn't think it was the quality that I want, but I'm actually so glad I waited because I'm going to bring you down the road of a couple fantasy stories. Some huge trades yet again. Some triumphant wins. I'm sitting pretty right now in a couple leagues. Let's hop right into it. Let me tell you the story of Jay Diz's football, fantasy football teams. Now let's start with the main league, the Saquon Barkley League. And before I get started, I will not be talking about my Sports Extra League for the rest of the season on the podcast. It's two and three. It's not that good. It's not very exciting. Uh, the only thing on the line is not getting last place and someone in my league is 0-6. So uh, probably don't need to worry about that the rest of the season. So we're going to focus on the leagues with a lot on the line. Let's start again with the Saquon League. Week four. I got absolutely throttled by the one and only Bryn Brousseau. She beat me 181 to 122. A massacre, you could call it. TJ Hawkinson with a career game, 40 fantasy points. Josh Jacobs had 34.5. Devontae Adams had 20. Eagles defense had 17. All of her players, including her defense, were in double digits, except for her kicker, who had nine. Austin Eckler put up a fight with 35. This was the start of his resurgence. But my skill position players were just not good enough. Did not perform well. Mark Andrews with 3.5. Devontae Smith, 4.7. Amari Cooper, 1.9. But it didn't matter because Bryn's team went absolutely nuclear for 181. And I lose week four to drop to two and two. But I'm not discouraged. You know why? Because I believe in my team and the trade that I made. This was my first week back with Debo Samuel. He had 23.7 against the LA Rams. And before week five, I make a very underrated trade that will come into play a little bit later. I trade Romeo Dobbs coming off uh, back-to-back double-digit point weeks for Travis Etienne. Now, first off, this trade was just a robbery. Trading a wide receiver for a running back straight up Unless you're getting a superior, a far inferior player, the running back is always more valuable. Here's why I wanted Travis Etienne. I saw what was happening in New York with the Jets, with Brees Hall and Michael Carter, and I kind of figured that would happen with Travis Etienne and James Robinson. James Robinson had a really fast start to the year, but slowly but surely, Etienne was getting more touches in weeks five and six. He got 10 carries each getting a little involved in the passing game. He was breaking off a couple big runs. And overall, I think it's going to be his backfield probably by week nine or 10. But the main reason, well, the two main reasons, one, I wanted running back depth after giving up Antonio Gibson and Jeff Wilson. But this gave me another chance to make another big trade. And that's why I say that this is one of the most underrated trades I have made ever in fantasy football that will come into play by the end of the story for this team. Week five, the team starts to show a little bit of their teeth. They win 155 to 94. Austin Eckler, 35.9. Mark Andrews, 23. Cooper had 20.6. Saquon Barkley with 19.6. All skill positions in double figures. The team really showing how good this they can really be. And Godwin and Debo only had 12 and 11 respectively, but the team just kept on plugging. They kept on chugging, drop 155, improve to three and two. Aaron Rodgers had 16.88. That'll be his season high. But this was just a good win showing how explosive the team can be and how much star power they have already. 
going to week six. I win 142 to 119 against the boy Matthew. Matthew, for listening. Hello. Sorry I had to do it to you, but had to be done. The big three of Eckler, Andrews, and Saquon getting the job done once again. Eckler with 24.3. Andrews with 23.6. Saquon 18.5. Debo and Godwin contributed nicely. 16 from Debo. 15.5 from Godwin. Cooper had 14.4. Even Ryan Suckup with 14 points. Everyone in double figures except Tampa Bay defense. And all of this, these four, these past three weeks, are with bad quarterback play from Aaron Rodgers. 16, 16.88, and then 11.84 against the New York Jets. I mean, it just seemed like every week it was, oh, this is Rodgers' week to 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 bounce back, to kind of be the Aaron Rodgers we know him to be. But for fantasy, he's not great, guys. Hasn't thrown for over 260 yards in a game. Hasn't thrown for at least three touchdowns. Is no threat on the ground. And he's getting benched. Uh, but in the past three weeks for this team, I'm 2-1. and one. And I improved to four and two in this league with some very good depth, very good players. Obviously, we see uh, Chris Godwin coming back from injury. We love to see that. But then, after this week, today, for about an hour, I'm hunting down a receiver or a quarterback. Who can I make a trade with? Goal was to sell high on Travis Etienne. Will Travis Etienne probably finish this year as a really good running back? I actually believe so. I'm so glad I was able to buy low on him because he put up 14 in week five, 13 in week six. I think he's going to take that backfield and he has a little bit of, a little bit of viability in PPR getting a couple catches, but I was like, how can I sell high on him and his potential to get a big player? Because Travis Etienne is not starting over Austin Eckler or Saquon Barkley. He's just not. And when Elijah Mitchell comes back, if he comes back pretty healthy, He's not. He's my fourth best running back. How can I capitalize on this? And then GMJ Diz strikes again. I trade Travis Etienne, Adam Thielen, and Devontae Smith for Amonra St. Brown. Three guys on my bench. Three bench players for Amonra St. Brown. Now, I will say, this is a big risk. Amonra St. Brown, very hot start to the season, dealt with a low ankle sprain, only had four catches for 18 yards against New England, but he's the number one receiver in a pretty pass-heavy offense with Jared Goff with a defense that is god-awful. The Lions are so bad defensively, they will always be behind in games, they will always throw the ball, and I just love Amonra St. Brown's viability. When I look at receivers for PPR, I'm looking at targets. And Amonra St. Brown automatically caught my eye, not just because he had 40 points in week two, but you look at his target share. Week one, 12 targets. Week 12, 12 targets. Or week two, 12 targets, sorry. Week three, he had nine targets. Only six playing injured against New England. And he's coming off of a bye week. So he's going to be coming back healthy. I don't have to worry about a bye week. And he has the big game potential. Weeks one and three, 20, 39.4, 13. And I'm rounding a little bit on a couple of those numbers have been throughout this episode to kind of simplify things. But Amon or St. Brown is a top 10 receiver in fantasy football when healthy. And to credit my opponent, he needed some depth. He needed running back depth very badly. The ETN trade will really help him. Devontae Smith is actually very good in fantasy. He's currently wide receiver 15. He's got a bye week this week. But I'm not on as high on Devontae Smith as I think other people are. And maybe I'm wrong. But 
I mean, started out with zero, 15, the big 31 point game. Then he had 4.7 and then 18.7, 15.4. He's got four out of six games above 15 points. Two are below five points. But when you look at the targets for me, he's got only two, he's got two games above in, in double digits, 12 and 11, but then four, four again, five and seven. He cut all seven against Minnesota. He cut all five against Dallas. So he's going to catch the ball. That's great. And I'm just not sure if that's a player I'm willing to hold on for to not get a Monroe St. Brown. Could he be better than a Monroe St. Brown for the rest of the season? You, you never know. Absolutely. But he's got AJ Brown to compete with. He's got Dallas Goddard to compete with in the passing game Four touchdowns. I see, um, Devontae Smith being a little touchdown dependent. But then also, Philadelphia is a big running offense. Jalen Hurts is going to run for touchdowns. Miles Sanders has had a great season. They're going to run the ball. Jalen Hurts only threw for 155 yards against Dallas. Now, that's a season low. But when you look at the two offenses and the fact that A.J. Brown already is wide receiver one in Philadelphia, I felt like Devontae Smith was a perfect trading piece to trade away. And then getting rid of Thielen, to me, is like nothing. He was my fifth receiver. He's only going to come in on bye weeks. Was never going to contribute really to the starting lineup. And he's a great player. I'm happy I drafted him, but I had to use these pieces on the bench to make a big move because yes, I lose some depth, but I gain so much firepower and I still keep Amari Cooper. In my mind, I'm selling high on Devontae Smith. I'm selling high on ETN's potential to get another superstar wide receiver. I'll need to get some hits on the waiver wire. But I think this is a big win for me in a trade because I still have a little bit of depth for bye weeks. Week nine, I'm really going to get killed. I've got three starters on bye. But when it comes down to the playoffs, Amon or St. Brown, who has already had his bye week and has shown the potential for big games, I think he's really going to help me win a championship. I'm also competing against the guy who is 6-0 with Cooper Cup and Josh Allen. With Brees Hall on the rise, team is a very scary. Now, he doesn't have much depth either. But if you want to make big trades, you got to get rid of some depth. Uh, and I think it was worth it. Also, credit to everyone in this league if you're listening because I've had leagues in the past where no one trades. Everyone's too scared to. People have made some big moves. I've had to make some big moves. It's risky, but it's super fun. This has been the most fun league I've ever been in. But to wrap up this segment of the episode... Let me just go through my starting lineup for you guys for this upcoming week because I don't really have anyone on a bye. We've got Tua coming back, going to replace Aaron Rodgers, Austin Eckler, Saquon Barkley, Debo Samuel, Amonra St. Brown, Mark Andrews, Chris Godwin, Buck Stephens, Ryan Suckup. In a 10-person league with Amari Cooper still on the bench, I've got A.J. Dillon on the bench, got Elijah Mitchell coming off IR hopefully soon. I mean... I've never had a team this good in, in, in a 10-person league. And then I tweeted something out today, the last thing that I feel like really, honestly, I don't want to say makes me proud, but it makes me happy to see how much fun I'm having with these trades and really how successful and how good I've been being a GM. Hopefully this doesn't backfire or anything, but I really think this has been my best season as a fantasy football manager, coach, whatever you want to call it, with just making trades and roster management. Because from the start of the season until now, Stay with me here. I have turned T. Higgins, Drake London, Antonio Gibson, Jeff Wilson, Romeo Dobbs, and Adam Thielen into Debo Samuel, Amon Ross St. Brown, and A.J. Dillon. So I turned in a wide receiver two, 
a couple bench wide receivers. Antonio Gibson is now worthless. Drake London has been terrible the past three weeks. And then Jeff Wilson, who's going to get replaced by Elijah Mitchell once he comes back, turned all of that. So really, maybe two starters into two wide receiver ones and a backup running back. Had a couple flips in there, uh, getting Devontae Smith and ETN and then flipping them. But if you really think about it, I traded Romeo Dobbs, Adam Thielen, and Devontae Smith for Amonra St. Brown because I got ETN for Dobbs. Those little trades can turn into big trades. And I really think my management for this team has been phenomenal. I'm excited to see this team go and win the championship. Very excited. So happy that I really just, it's really a God squad. I recognize that one injury could, could completely tear this league apart, but uh, whatever happens from here, I'm very happy with it. So that's going to be journey number one bit of a long episode today guys hang with me here because we've got the money league to cover and this league has won three in a row they're coming into stride and let's start with the pickup that changed the game the quarterback that changed my fortunes it all started when I picked up the one and only Geno Smith the start of the team name let Geno cook putting them in there in week four Kicked off the three-game win streak because I put up 161.5 points, beating my opponent by like 60, 70 points. But Geno Smith with 30.9. What? Phenomenal pickup. Oh yeah, he's quarterback seven right now, guys. Better than Aaron Rodgers, better than Russell Wilson, better than Tom Brady, better than Matthew Stafford. Geno Smith is a viable fantasy starter and has been the past three weeks for me. Austin Eckler, again, 35. Miles Sanders had 29.6. Even on a Mark Andrews down week with three and a half. Romeo Dobbs with 14. DJ Moore with 12. Giants defense had 15. This was even with Josh Jacobs on my bench with 34 and a half. This team went nuclear in week four. And that continued for week five. I put up 151.8 points. Eckler had 35.9. Andrews with 22.9. The dynamic duo just carrying me in fantasy this year. I love that I put all of my eggs in one basket with those two players. Gino with 23.3. Josh Jacobs even had 30 uh, in my flex. One 152 to 106 around Godwin. He had 12. And that's two big wins. Go to three and two. And now the unfortunate thing, Cordero Patterson throughout this time, probably I think after week four or five, he goes to IR for at least four games with a knee injury. So this brought me down to three running backs, but this is why you draft four good running backs in all of your leagues. I don't care what it is. You can always get a receiver to plug in and play off of waivers. Same cannot be said for a running back. So then last week, the closest game I've probably had uh, in this league or take out the point one, but a game that I won, I squeak out a win. Narrow victory, 110.3 to 107.3, thanks to the one and only, number 30 from the Los Angeles, from the LA Chargers, <laughs> Austin Eckler, 24.3 points. I was down 21.3 points in this league, heading into Monday Night Football. Eckler only ran for 36 yards, but he had a touchdown. And he had 16 targets for 10 receptions. A PPR machine. He is three clutch catches in a row at the end of regulation from Herbert to give me the win. So glad I kept him. So pumped when I saw those catches over time. Didn't even need it. He led the way 
again, along with Mark Andrews, 23.6. Miles Sanders, 14. Godwin had 15.5. I'm going to shout out Zay Jones because I've struggled throwing in third receivers for my flex because Josh Jacobs was on a bye. Didn't really know who to play. Zay Jones got me 9.2. That was enough for the flex because DJ Moore, the trash can that he is, had 3.7. This guy sucks. He has caught 20 of his 44 targets this year. I know it's quarterback play. I know it's a terrible situation, but my goodness, this guy is so bad. He's reaching like Aaron Jones level for me. Allen Robinson from last year level for me. Melvin Gordon level for me. That's how much I hate this guy right now. DJ Moore is a pile of garbage and he needs to get to another team to be fantasy relevant. But unfortunately, I might keep playing him because Robbie Anderson gets traded and I'm saying DJ Moore is going to have a breakout game at some point. No, he won't. His team is terrible. The Panthers are bad. Their offense only goes through uh, Christian McCaffrey. He has no fantasy value right now, but yet I'll probably keep playing him. Uh, actually, maybe not this week, but I just hope he can 10 points, DJ. That's all I'm asking for. I'm so lucky I won this week or else I would have been complaining way more about him. But the big thing with this league, guys, this is a team that has been injury riddled since the very beginning. Injuries, suspensions, IR. I get Dak Prescott back and DeAndre Hopkins. My wide receiver woes are done. Dak Prescott might actually play Geno this week, but he's a stable quarterback that I won't have to worry about for the rest of the season. Assuming he stays healthy and this team is ready to go. Four and two. I'm tied at the top of my standings. I'm actually first in my standings because uh, I'm winning in points fourth. I got 30 more points for than the other guy um, who's four and two. And this team is dangerous. Great running backs. Receiver coming back. I'll run through my starting lineup. We got Geno Smith, Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs, Chris Godwin, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm so happy he's back. Really needed him. And then Mark Andrews with right now Zay Jones. Might throw DJ Moore in there. Might throw Romeo Dobbs in there. Joshua Palmer, maybe depending on Keenan Allen's availability. Bucks defense, Young Way Koo. Miles Sanders as well in a bye week. And then obviously Dak Prescott, Cordell Patterson on IR. This seems just really deep. It's just a good team. Not too flashy. The players do their role. They do their job. And it's leading me to another 4-2 record in fantasy. That's really going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to my story. A little bit more scripted out this time because I want to get all my numbers right. And I wanted to figure, you know, how I wanted to present this fun little adventure because three weeks of fantasy football is a lot to go over. But I'm happy I kind of waited. I'm happy I waited to put out a good episode. This might actually be, in my opinion, one of the best episodes I have produced from a storytelling standpoint. So I really, really hope that you enjoyed it. And lastly, the love-hate list. Cannot forget about that. The love list. The dynamic duo. We'll make it a trio as well for that one league with Austin Eckler, Mark Andrews, Saquon Barkley. Mainly Eckler and Andrews because my goodness, they are so, so good for fantasy football. What makes my team different, I believe, in the main league with Saquon, Austin Eckler is running back one. Saquon Barkley is running back two. And then Mark Andrews is tight end two. I've got the two best running backs in fantasy right now. Second best tight end with three stud receivers. Chris Godwin is putting up double digit points. Debo Samuel's wide receiver 10. And then Monroe was a top five wide receiver before he had the bye week. And then 
three injury or uh, the injury and in, against New England missed the game against Seattle, but the firepower and is led by the three amigos with Eckler, Andrews, and Barkley. Another guy I'm going to put on the love list, Amari Cooper. Really been a nice pickup, and I'm glad I'm holding on to him as my fourth wideout because he provides a nice boom factor, but he has the targets to back it up. Love the double-digit targets. He's had 10 or more targets in four out of the six games. 14.4 against New England. He has four touchdowns on the season. And just wait maybe till Deshaun Watson comes back. Maybe he gets even better, but he's their only wideout. So people sleeping on Amari Cooper. Gonna look at my other league to see if there's another. Oh, Geno Smith on the love list, 1,000%. He's kept this team afloat. He's been amazing. Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, love what they're doing. The running back depth is insane in the money league. And then the hate list. Even though there's a lot of good, gotta still get on a couple players. Aaron Rodgers is just bad. He's just not a good fantasy quarterback this year, guys. I'm gonna keep him on my bench as insurance. He's a safe play. He's gonna get you 12 to 18 points, but he's... The, the days of Aaron Rodgers being a top fantasy quarterback are over. No receivers. No one can get open. He's playing really poorly. And yeah, he's just not a viable fantasy starter. Find another option. And then obviously DJ Moore is going to be on the hate list. He's been on the hate list every week. Please just be a competent wide receiver. You were so good every single year in Carolina. I don't, I don't know if it's the number change or the coaching situation or Baker Mayfield just being a wide receiver one killer, but this guy's clearly just either forgotten how to play football or the coaching staff just forgot he was on their team being their best wide receiver. If I literally picked anyone else, how good would this team be? We'll never know. Hopefully he can just round out into form. But that's really going to do it for today's episode of 125 Unfiltered. You already know I've got more stuff coming up. I'm going to go over the UNC's dramatic football game win against Duke. Going to talk women's soccer a little bit. They've got two games in the Sunshine State against Florida State and Miami. Talk a little field hockey as well with Erin Matson's record-setting game. She scored her 307th point, making her the all-time ACC leader. Goat. The Goat just doing what Goat things do. That sense made no sense, but what I was gonna trying to say is Aaron Madsen doing goat things like she always does. One of the greatest in the sport and one of the greatest athletes at UNC. And then also we're going to talk about the New York Giants being 5-1, beating the Baltimore Ravens, showing yet again that they are legit and they are a contender in the NFC. Thank you so much for listening to this one. One of my favorite episodes I've done in a while. And I'll talk to you next time.